Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Maggie Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. It is made all the happier because we have a dear friend with us today. We have Kevin Gray from, from 105.3. The fan. Kevin! <laughs> What's going on? Um, We're super pumped to have you. You were just uh, joking with us that you owed us because um, we like to come up and hang out with you um, at the station sometimes. I don't really view it as owing us, though, because honestly, like, it's just a free-flowing conversation. It's literally just bottling up our friendship and putting it on air, which is just kind of low-key beautiful, if you ask me. Which I think is, like, the best kind of radio. Like, having conversations with your friends, just talking sports, it doesn't get much better than that. So, But I did have to return the favor as many times as I've had you and Meg on the show, I had to come and return the favor. And what better way to do it than talking Cowboys? So I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, well, we're excited. So I am really pumped to have you here. But um, I, I, you know, we are in the thick of the, I would call it the dead time for the Dallas Cowboys and NFL schedule. We're a little under 100 days out from you know, kicking off the season. But now is the time when... You know, as as a girl who likes to repeat herself, I'll repeat this storyline for the millionth time. <laughs> as a girl who used to date someone on the football side, I always remember like this was a time when it was like, okay, take your vacation now, like June mm-hmm. is the free time. Like that's when you actually get your human back. Like you can like be with your person and then like and then you sacrifice them to the NFL gods for the rest of the year. So it's kind of like, please like give the people like they're like <laughs> their space for like a hot minute and you know nonetheless though while it is kind of technically a downtime for the Dallas Cowboys and the NFL in general the Cowboys still find ways to you know keep the topics going so we'll dive into some of those but I did kind of want to get y'all's thoughts you know now that we've gotten the second to get through OTAs kind of you know get the guys in the building from the draft there's been some moves both on the personnel side but also you know, from, you know, the front office side too, where you have not front office, but more like coaching changes. Um, you know, it's, it's given us a moment to say, okay, now here's the lay of the land. Here's the tools in our toolbox that we will have to work with come Oxnard. You know, we've taught the guys that are in the building, how we operate, how we do things, like how we're going to get out there on the field together come July. But taking a minute to take a breath and take a step back, I would love to get y'all's thoughts on 
what you feel like was the most impactful move this Dallas Cowboys team made in the offseason. And I would honestly go and ask you two of them, one being your best move that you feel like was most impactful, but also I would say the worst move because, you know, I feel like the ghosts of Amari Cooper are still kind of lingering <laughs> at times. So, um, you know, Kev, I'll, I'll kind of let you kick it off. And maybe we start, maybe we just start with like the best and then end with the worst, because I feel like we can end on a high note in another way. Yeah. Good vibes all the way around on Friday. Yeah. I would say the best move for me wasn't a player at all. It was the fact that Dan Quinn continues to choose the Dallas Cowboys year after year. And he wants to continue this relationship with Mike McCarthy and the Jones family as their defensive coordinator. So once he decided that he was coming back again to lead this defense, I think it gave a lot of Cowboys fans a chance to breathe a little bit easier, knowing that the continuity of this defense will continue to grow. Micah Parsons, who's the leader of this defense, will have his guy back, and he's looking to have a monster year. And then being able to retain the guys that they did in, you know, Donovan Wilson and Leighton Van Der Esch, among others, it just re-solidified for me the confidence that a lot of Cowboys fans should have in this defense this upcoming year. So for me, it was Dan Quinn choosing to come back for the Cowboys this upcoming season as their defensive coordinator. And if I had to pick a worse move, I guess I would say for me, not really addressing the left guard position. There's still some questions there. There was debate, you know, in the NFL draft on whether or not they were going to take an offensive lineman or go with a defensive tackle. They went with Mozzie Smith there, you know, number 26 overall. But I think that's still a major question mark is who is exactly going to kind of take the reins of that left guard spot and then not really addressing it. They signed Chuma Adoga to maybe provide some depth there. They drafted a scene Richards. Maybe he has some position flex, but that to me is probably the worst move is not solidifying and addressing that left guard spot the way that they needed to based off of how important this offensive line is to this Cowboys team. Meg, what's your assessment based on, um, those two counterpoints right now, because I feel like that's a pretty universal sentiment, but also an equally valuable one. And I'm actually going to dive into the O-line stuff in a, in a minute, but I feel like you're definitely going to get a resounding cheers um, from Megan Murray on the DQ commentary at the very <laughs> Oh no, did we lose her? We might, Meg, there you are. I'm sorry. I'm I'm on a lag. It's me. Hi, I am the problem. It is me. Um, but Kevin is a hundred percent right. Um, honestly, because Dan Quinn, the fact that you're able to keep him here and like keep him happy, and he's not tr really trying that hard to go elsewhere, I couldn't be happier about that. Um, also, I have been beating the drum about the like O line problems that are like. They're not, you know, ever present right now. We've been able to fill some of the gaps, but like um, just the fact that you don't have enough depth, you're going to have to like move guys around. It's just like so unsure. Um, shoring that up would have been nice for us to do. So I agree with you on that as well. Um, for me, <clears throat> just to pick something different, um, I think the best move, in my opinion, was um, picking up Stefan Gilmore. Having a vet at quarterback um, and just in a in a position group that was, you know, decimated by injury throughout the year um, to have someone like that coming in and, you know, you're getting guys back to like, I think that's just 
it's gonna like it's gonna make everybody look better. It's gonna we had a lot of problems there. So having a talent like that over there is gonna be great. And under Dan Quinn too, like excited to see how far he goes. Um I as far as like worst moves, I can't think of anything other than, you know, O line. Um <laughs> I think that would probably be the top of everybody's list. So, you know, not to same same you, but same same. I definitely am down with the DQ comment. I mean, I feel like that's probably one of my favorite things that, you know, I'm telling you, I have no insight into this, but I'm like, what outside benefits are we giving to Dan Quinn <laughs> that I am unaware of that are like under the table dealings or like ancillary benefits that were like, hey, Dan, we can pay you X million dollars, which is market rate. But on top of that, we're also going to give you your own miniature helicopter. And then we're going <laughs> to give you a brand new Ford to drive every single day into work. Like a new one every day. Like not the same one. Just rotate them in and out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, like there absolutely like has to be something like that where he's like, he's just, I mean, I think he is a wonderful human being. I remember when he came over from the Falcons, um, Kelsey who was the team reporter over at the Falcons. And she's now with um, uh, covering the Bengals in Cincinnati, but she actually used to physically be in-house reporter with the Falcons. And she, you know, called me and she was like, listen, this guy's the real deal. Like he rules. He's amazing. Like he's like a father figure to me. And, I, you know, not to like disclose like, too much of their relationship, but I would also say like, it's, I view that as someone who is, you know, one of the main people on the team, obviously being the head coach, and then, you know, still like taking the time to get to know someone who's in the media, which typically is like a team over here, media over here. Like you cover one covers the other and write stories about it, but they're not like super, super tight and friendly. That to me was like a testament to his character. And I, I just feel like he's such a high character guy. And this sounds so cheesy, but it also wouldn't surprise me. Like we've said it again and again, like that he's at the point in his career where he's like, yo, I'm good. Like I am, I am having the time of my life. Like where else can you have this like cushy gig that, yeah, we may not have gotten the championships yet, but like he is treated so right. And he knows like where he's at, you know, he can continue to build his resume to be getting other head coaching opportunities. Like he's so high in demand. I mean, talk about like the come up from going, you know, it's almost like the Nick Saban rehab program, like watching like <laughs> That's this true. Post, it was like, get out of town. Like, please, <laughs> dear God, like we are so done with you. Like, oh my God. And then now everyone's like, Dan Quinn, like, can you just like, please like answer my phone call? Like, I mean, it's, it's, I just have to imagine that he's just enjoying the fact that he gets to like hyper focus on what his original love affair with football was. And, and, you know, if the team itself isn't going to win a championship, which hopefully they will, and we can, you know, chat about that, but like, he's really focusing on being great. And I actually heard, you know, I was listening to a podcast, actually, our, our, our lovely friend, John Mishota, but he's calling this defense elite. And I don't know when the last time the Dallas Cowboys had a unit, but also, especially a defense that was being called elite. Outside of like, you know what I mean? Like it's been a really yeah. long time and to be tossing around the name, like the words elite is, is 
pretty impactful in my opinion. And, you know, I don't take them lightly, especially from a John Machado who typically would be like, you know, Al, actually, let me set the record straight here. So I don't know, like, I feel like he's kind of, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, having like the time of his life. But outside of all of that, like for me, I really felt like one of the most impactful things was actual movement and free agency. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, I do want to get y'all's thoughts on, on the, you know, the Hopkins on the Hopkins train. Cause you know that, you know, it's gonna, it's already lighting Twitter on fire because why not? But I have never seen this team make moves like they have in, in the off season in a positive manner, like letting Amari Cooper go was probably one of the big ones where I'm like, oh, <laughs> impactful, but in the wrong direction, guys, like, same, hey, you know, and it's just, it, to me shows that there is an actual put your money where your mouth is with this this front office which i think is really important and you know because this fan base is tired but not just this fan base imagine these players who are like you know my god like sure i can sit here with my money but i am tired of not having success or i am tired of you know having this curse that this dallas you know sports teams and franchises seem to have so for me i really felt like the the free agency moves were important both culturally but also you know physically and literally because i just feel like they were impact players you know whether or not they're at the exact prime of their career it you know i feel like they still have juice in the tank and that's important to me but also the fact that they're giving faith to this team and showing them like we're prioritizing you we hear you you know i, I feel like that mentally is going to go a long way too yeah, it's interesting because this team, I feel like, is at a real crossroads because you mentioned going to get Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. The Cowboys kind of going with their version of going all in because as you kind of start thinking about a big picture. This is a team that's won, what, 24 games over the past couple of seasons, went to the wild card round, lost to the 49ers, went to the divisional round, lost to the 49ers again. So there's been a natural progression here in how this program is being built. But when you are able to get a Gilmore and a Cooks to be able to really kind of solidify both sides of the football, but yeah. then you look at it from the bigger picture, you've got big ticket items in CeeDee Lamb, who's up for a contract extension. Trayvon Diggs is going into a contract year himself after being a second round pick, and he has a chance to enter unrestricted free agency. Micah Parsons is due for a contract extension at the end of this upcoming year, and most indications are he's going to be the highest paid player in the history of football on the defensive side. And then Dak can get a contract extension at any point at any time. So this team is at a real crossroads about how they need to go about the sense of urgency of winning this year, because it's going to get a lot more difficult over the next couple of years, because as good as they've drafted over the last several years, it's time to start paying these guys. So I think what to your point, this was huge for them, not only culturally to be able to say, look, we are going all in on this year because we know that we have a team that's capable with a couple more pieces to really make a deep playoff run. Yeah. But also, we've got a chance to be able to make some things happen, given what we got to do to pay some of these guys going into next year and beyond. That's really going to change how we can operate with this football team or from a, from a financial standpoint. So it's a big year for this team based on a lot of different things that they got to go through this year. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I did notice too, like one move in free agency and, and I feel like, I don't know, like you guys can let me know your thoughts, but I feel like the Kellen Moore conversation, there still exists like two sides that feel like it was a good move and another side that's not so sure. And granted, you know, I, I don't know, like I would be interested to know, I'm a little nervous, even though 
he kind of, I, I feel like it was time. I don't know, like, I, but I still kind of just feel like I'm, I'm a little scared. Cause I'm like, oh God, like, is he going to go out to California and just like slay? And then I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is like genuinely a fear of mine. And I'm just going to be like irritated, like watching my, my ex like glow up from afar, you know, like that is like really low key something I'm scared of. And I don't think it's the worst move now, but I really guys like six months down the road, like I really don't want to be sitting here and being like, curse words, like curse words. <laughs> like, that is a, a genuine fear of mine. So while it's not like my worst move right now at all, I am like, I'm scared. I'm a little nervous. And I just feel like I might have, I like, think, you know, I think you shouldn't stress out about that too much just considering you know they're not really a team that we're gonna have to face often obviously we face them this year but um just the fact that like you had a choice to make it was either you're keeping Mike McCarthy or you're gonna do something with Kellen Moore like they just were not a match together I think there's nothing wrong with either one of them but if you're picking someone you're gonna pick your head coach you keep saying you're all in on him. So you had to make a move to really like, this is do or die for you, bud. Like, and it, it was getting rid of Kellen Moore. So you're calling your offense. Everything's on you. It's up to you. It, it, and it was either Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I, I think from, but I was if he's, if he's going <laughs> to, what'd you say? Go ahead. Um, my guy. I said I'll miss him if he's good. I agree with you. <laughs> no, for sure. I think for me, it's Mike McCarthy's going into the fourth year of a five-year deal. And if he's going to go down with the ship, it's going to be with him calling his offense. And to Meg's point, I think that's important for him to put his stamp on this offense to try to eliminate whatever communication issues or inconsistencies that – you know, Dak Prescott may have had in terms of what he's seeing on the field that caused him to take chances where he didn't have to, especially at the ends of first halves of games last year, which I felt was a real problem for him. So if Mike McCarthy is going to take control of this team, it's going to be with his offense and him installing and calling this offense on a week to week basis. So, I mean, I guess I give him credit for looking at his situation and saying, look, if it's on me, then it's going to be on me. And I'm going to bring my boy along with me and Brian Schottenheimer to run this thing offensively. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, at least he knows that he did everything that he could based on what he wanted to, to be able to help this office move forward based on the image that he sees it for when it comes to the running game, helping out Dak Prescott and all the things that he wants to do. Mike McCarthy says it's going to be on him. So we'll see if it works, but yeah, to Kelsey's point. Yeah. If Kellen Moore goes to Los Angeles and they're scoring like 35 points a game and Justin Herbert's throwing for 5,000 bazillion yards and 40 <laughs> touchdowns, I'm going to look at it with a little bit of side. eye. like, okay, y'all told me this was the best move, but I see what's going on in Los Angeles. It looks like they're having a lot of fun in the California sun out there. So I'm just going to hate it. it. And I hate it. Exactly. Exactly. But we'll see how it plays out, but I'm, I'm happy for more in his situation because I think he'll be able to really showcase at least what he believes is the best fit for that offense there in Los Angeles. And uh, that, that that offense should be a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Okay, so real quick, I, I do want to address the D-Hop stuff because I feel like it'll lead nicely into my second question for you guys of the day, which will be, what is your biggest question mark still left on the team? So obviously, DeAndre Hopkins was released by the Cardinals, and 
or the Arizona uh, Texans, which it was <laughs> you know, coming to be at some point. Uh, not so much yeah. before, but, you know, this is a guy that, again, I do think he still has something left in the tank. A lot of people do still agree. Granted, you know, it could, it isn't the same that he used to be. We get that. But like when you have a position group that quite frankly, like is still kind of in need, like ours could, could you know, potentially look like it could be. It is intriguing. Although I will say, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, he's amazing. Of course, I should look at that. Hindsight's always 2020. Like if this team, like a couple months ago when they were really in dire straits of like, we need a wide receiver. If they could have predicted that like hop would be available. I feel like they might've navigated things potentially differently, potentially not, but it probably would have merited more of a hearty conversation. Whereas now, you know, they have made some strides to address the situation wide receiver. So it's kind of, they are sitting pretty where they're like, yeah, we don't need to. It's kind of like when you're looking for a job or when you're trying to buy a car or whatever, and you're like, I already got one, you know, and I'm good. So like, I don't need to get another one, but like, if you want to like upgrade me, like I'll have a conversation with you. <laughs> so I kind of feel like that's where the team's at. I would be interested to know y'all's thoughts and if how strongly you feel about the D hop situation um, before we dive into, like I mentioned our conversation around, you know, where the biggest question marks still exist, because quite frankly, this was my biggest one going into the off season. And now it's like slowly fading, if you will. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young Maggie, can you hear us? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I'm so laggy to everyone who's okay. listening. So I'm, when I start talking, I feel like it doesn't come out for like a minute. But um, I, my thoughts on D-Hop um, is that do we need him? I could argue no, but I could also argue yes. I think with that position last year being such a glaring problem for us, like having, why not have more, you know? Yeah. Like if you're going to go all in, if you're going to try to win a championship, why not have the best of the best at that position? Like a, a wealth of riches is like something I'd be very interested in. Like people are like, oh, you'd be fine with, you know, with, Lamb cooks and Gallup there. Like that's a great three. Like, and I don't disagree with you, but just the fact of like, you know, last year Gallup had a little bit of a hard time getting back to a hundred and, you know, people are saying he's there right now and I'm not here to disagree, but just have, think about having, um, lamb cooks, D hop and Gallup. Like that's <laughs> just that's a really, really fun uh, thing to think about. If they could make it work financially, and I think, you know, the fact that he's, it's not a trade situation, like really would help that out in a way. Um, I don't know. I would, I'd be very into it and I would like it, but I'm not saying we have to do it. I just think it would be great. 
I mean, having those four wide receivers for Dak Prescott to be able to throw to on a week-to-week basis would be a lot of fun. And I mean, D-Hop at 30 years old, I think depending on what he's wanting money-wise, I don't know if the Cowboys would necessarily be there in a financial position to do it. We were talking about a little bit earlier about some of the things that they may need to do from a contract standpoint with CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. But I mean, Hopkins is only going to make your receiver room better. And if he's not going to be you know, a part of the Arizona Cardinals anymore and haven't been released there. I would love to see him in a Cowboy uniform. But at the same time, I think once the Cowboys didn't necessarily address the wide receiver position with high draft capital in this year's NFL draft, it told me, at least it indicated to me, that they feel good about the idea of Jalen Tolbert taking the next step in his progression as a receiver and maybe him taking the reins as that fourth wide receiver to be able to go along with Gallup and Cooks and CeeDee Lamb going into this year. So that still to me is a big question mark is who is that fourth wide receiver going to be? Who's going to take the reins of that job? Is it going to be Tolbert? Could it be Fajoko? Could it be somebody else? But for me, yeah, I was the one pounding on the table quite a bit, very loudly on Twitter about the idea of DeAndre Hopkins being a part of this team when he was still with the Arizona Cards. Like, hey, spend the second round pick, spend the third round pick, go get D Hop. Because clearly there's an affinity for the receiver, but at the same time, I think the Cowboys feel good about him. McCarthy even addressed it yesterday saying that he feels good about what he has there. But at the same time, to Meg's point, yeah, D hop in a Cowboys uniform would be a lot of fun to see on a week to week basis around here for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're not lying. Like that would be amazing. And I love your point about like, he's only going to make things better. And I, I just feel like this wide receiver room I think they expected more out of Colbert. I feel like, you know, with Gallup, like he's awesome and we love him like personally, but I do feel like there's a, 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 I don't know. Like, I just think that adding someone to that caliber of D hop, who's been there, done that. And like, has just obviously performed at the highest level is never going to be a bad thing. Um, Like Meg said, you kind of got to make the numbers work. So, uh, you know, my, 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 it kind of opens up my last question for you guys today, pretty nicely because I think I would feel a lot stronger about it if, you know, we hadn't done some, made some moves in uh, actually addressing things in free agency. But I'd love to know, coming out of OTAs, heading into the lull before training camp, what's your biggest question mark with this Dallas Cowboys team that you feel like needs to be addressed? I mean, you could go down a list. It's like running back. Is it still wide receiver? Is it the left guard situation or O-line as a whole? Should we even go as far as to say like Dak Prescott and his interceptions? Like the table is open for conversation. (laughs) And Kev, I'd love to lead with you and kind of, you know, hear where your biggest, I would say gaps are that you need answers for to feel a lot better about this Dallas Cowboys team in the next couple of weeks. It's funny because if you look at this team and what they've been able to solidify this offseason, I feel pretty good about most of the things on this team. We kind of touched on, you know, the left guard spot, some questions there depth-wise, who wide receiver four is going to be. But for me, who's kicking around here? Because My favorite topic. Exactly, right? (laughs) I mean, Tristan Viscaino, he's here, but we've heard from – exactly, exactly. The idea from what Bones Fossil, Mike McCarthy himself, hey, we're scouring the earth literally to figure out who may be the next kicker around here. And after the whole Brett Maher debacle in the playoffs and late in the season last year, I think for me, that's the biggest question, which I think indicates 
where the Cowboys are and what they were able to do this offseason to really fortify a lot of the things that they wanted to improve on, but also be able to feel good about their situation in a lot of different areas to where, for me, kicker is the biggest concern because if you're going to tell me you're going to want to make a deep playoff run, consistency in special teams is paramount, and we didn't see a lot of that toward the end of the year despite the fact that Brett Maher can kick it from you know 70 yards away or whatever. There was a lot of times where we didn't feel good about that situation. So I think I'm gonna go with kicker. I think that's for me. And that says a lot. I think about where the Cowboys are. That kicker for me is the biggest concern because who knows? It might be Mike McCarthy's boy, Mason Crosby, maybe Robbie gold. Who's, you know what? 50 years old at this point, but can still kick. That's to me where my biggest question is at this point. Robbie, it reminds me of like, I'm like, should we talk? We should we like be calling like more Anderson and seeing what's up with him. Like where he at? Is he? What's Adam, what's Adam Vinatieri doing these days? You know, I mean, what's he doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't care if you're in a retirement community. Like if your leg's still working, like I'll talk. Like we can have a conversation. Like are there rules? against having like a, a a walker or a cane on the field, like while you do like your kick or something, I feel like there's <laughs> not explicitly written rules saying we can't. So mm-hmm. like, therefore I'm open to the conversation. Um, Megan, please save me from myself before I say more ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I don't know. Does Kevin know that you have a vendetta with kickers? <laughs> I feel like I do actually a little bit. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's the one Jersey. So Jack Bach on Twitter bought me my only, I never buy player jerseys. I just have never done it. I don't know why I just haven't. And I just don't do it. And of course I get a Maher Jersey because Jack was like, I'm getting you a Jersey. Like we're going to (laughs) break the curse. Like it's going to happen. Like, and I wear it and we all know what happened there. So the end. Cheers. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do to address that situation. Um, and it, hey, if anyone's listening and they have a good foot, I mean, might as well try, right? Shoot for Soccer the stars. players forever. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, I would say for me, like when I think about my biggest question mark, that's definitely one of them. And you know what? Like, Gosh, yeah, I mean, it is impactful and it needs to be something that's addressed. And I don't think you could just fill it with like a jag, some, you know, just another guy. Like, I just don't think you can do that in that position. I don't. Oh, that's think- good. I might have to use that one. That's good. Well, I like that. It's, I will say it's it's a Nick Eatman original, so I can't take credit, but he. Okay. Okay. He used to say that about like, I remember it was like Darian Weems and like, um, who else would he say that about? Like Parnell. He would say it about Parnell. He would uh, sometimes he would say it about um oh I could see his face. He was one of our O-line guys and um he used to play, I can't remember his name right now. I could like literally see his face. Anyways, he's it's pretty funny, but I was I've I've stolen that over the years. So yes, Nick Eatman of original. But I feel like I don't think that's Bones' plan. And I would hope it's not. But I'm also like being the anxiety queen that I am. That and being triggered by that position specifically, that has to probably be one of my greatest concerns. I would also say, I really do like the the O line is really has been unsettling for me the past couple of years. I know they've had Tyron Smith playing on the right side now, and then you know it's just I don't know. Like I feel like in a in a position group that 
just lives and breeds off of consistency. This team hasn't had that for a hot minute. And that is scary to me. And it just feels like that. I don't know. Like, I think this team needs to get really serious about addressing that and addressing it well, especially if you're looking at a quarterback who isn't new anymore. You are trying to make your runs. You know, yes, you can look at his interception things all you want, which I think is important, but giving him the time and the space and the confidence and the stability to be able to fix those issues is going to be important. And one of the main areas of concern that would help, you know, enable him to rise back up to his level that he can be is that O-line of protection in front of him. So I don't know, like I would say special teams always going to trigger me, but it's the O-line that I'm like, oh, things still feel a little hairy and I do not like it. And I am so tired of having this conversation. Like I need to know what we're doing and I need to feel good about it too. And I just don't right now. And I don't have a lot of answers and I, it makes me very uneasy. Yeah, I think for me, when I look at the offensive line, you know, I've talked about this before is the idea of who was your best five, right? If you're going to keep Tyron Smith and tell me that he's a part of your best five rotation, then for me, I want those guys playing at their best positions, which means a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame at left tackle and Tyron Smith needs to play there. Put Tyler Smith at left guard, Biotis at center, have Zach Martin, who's on his way to Canton at right guard, and then Steele when he's healthy playing at right tackle because you look at the way that Tyron Smith's contract is situated. It's an incentive-based deal going into the final year of his deal. So he's got to play to get paid. So why not put him at his best position? And people have come back and said, Kevin, you got to put Tyler Smith at left tackle. He's your left tackle of the future. Have him out there and have him continue to grow and develop at that position. But if you're the Cowboys and you told me that you wanted Tyron Smith around, if you wanted Tyler Smith to be the guy that's at left tackle now, you should have moved on from Tyron Smith. As much as I love Tyron, if that was going to be the move, then you should have made that move this offseason. But they didn't. So for me, that would be my best five based on what they have right now. They seem that they don't want to necessarily do that and have Terrence Steele possibly be their swing tackle once he gets healthy, which means Tyron's going to be out there at right tackle, which – okay, he started his career there and then eventually moved to left tackle. And as I mentioned, he's going to be a Hall of Famer there. So why not have those five be at their best spots going forward? But we'll see with Mike Solari, the offensive line coach, and what they decide to do there. But it looks like for right now, Tyler Smith's going to be the left tackle starting once the season begins. So There we have it. Uh, Maggie, where's your question mark lie? Oh, you're muted again. There you are. I know. The doc, see... Not only am I lagging, but the dogs are in my face. So it's like to avoid you hearing the, the licking and the chewing and the biting and all that stuff. I was like, let me just meet myself real quick. Um, but yes, biggest question mark for me. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how how this offense is run by Mike McCarthy. Um, do I have faith that he can, you know, call it? Sure. But I haven't seen him do it without, you know, there's been the back and forth with him and Kellen Moore. I want to see just like if he's able to make a difference because it last year it just felt a little disconjointed between like in the offense. And there's a, a couple of reasons for that. There's, you know, the, the wide receiver position was kind of iffy. Just we were kind of not gelling right, kind of in any position group over there. Um, the running back situation, you know, you're giving the ball to Zeke every down when, you know, 
<laughs> maybe some people don't want to give it to Tony Pollard a little more. Who knows? <laughs> but we won't have those specific issues going into this season. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how he does that. And, you know, I hope Schottenheimer or something, I don't know what his his true position will be as OC. Maybe it'll be um, watching the clock because that could help. Hey, we would not hate that either. I will say. I hey. will say. All right, guys. Um, well, we have stolen enough of Kevin's time today. <laughs> and, um, now I have to go do work things, which is really sad because, no, it's not. I love my job. It's fine. I know. I was going to say, I was like, I love my job. <laughs> um, we do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Kev, thank you so, so much. You are the greatest of all time. We have already um, forced ourselves upon him and told him that we're going to come hang out with him and Reggie at the station in a couple weeks, um, just me and Meg. And so it's going to be like a GTB uh, get right session. So, you know, I feel like it'll be good. But um, I do want to make sure you guys know where to follow Kevin and listen to all his amazing content because he's 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 wonderful. And he is on your radio airwaves if you are in DFW or if you want to listen to him online. You can find him Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 uh, with the one and only. Reggie is his co-host. Phenomenal, phenomenal content. You guys don't just talk Cowboys. You talk a little bit of everything. So um, you can tune into the latest and greatest. He's got a lot of our friends on there a lot too. So a lot of great guests as well. You're also on social media too. So please tell the good people where to find you. And also you have your own individual show that you do too that is great as well. So like, I feel like you have a lot of different content that people can be tuning into. I do. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Kevin Gray Sports. Uh, I got my own personal podcast. That I do the Gray Area Podcast, which Kelsey has been on before. One of my favorite episodes that I've ever done was with Kelsey. Um, so you can definitely check that out there. I do a Mavs podcast as well inside the Mavs where I cover and talk about the Dallas Mavericks. But yeah, you can catch me uh, Monday through Friday, 7 to 11 on the Get Right with my man Reginald Atatula hosting there on 105 Through the Fans. So it's uh I got a busy schedule, but at the same time, I can always make time for Kelsey and Meg because they are wonderful, wonderful human beings. And I'm so glad that I got the invite to come on the podcast. You two are amazing. And yes, we will have a whole GTB yes. get right mashup in studio. Can't wait. And just just go ham for four hours yes. and just make all the radio magic that's ever to be made. So thank you all so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. We'll bring the dogs in too. So we can get like the full authentic GTP experience. <laughs> like not only Meg's dogs, but also Meg and Dave's dogs, but also my dog. And they'll just be like going ham in the background. Of each other. <laughs> like, we, we really pride ourselves on authenticity on this, on this show, as you guys know. Um, so I feel like that's imperative that they are, you know, equally participating in the content that we ultimately end up creating together. So Heads up, that's coming down the pipeline. Um, but yes, thank you, Kevin, for joining us. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the Blog of the Boys podcast, wherever you podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. Also, come hang out with Megan and I on social media and Kevin, obviously. Um, I am on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan is. I'm at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. I love it. All right, guys. So there's some really important things that Kevin is very privy to that we have strong feelings about um, a certain flying species that we always leave you guys with as we exit here podcast. And Megan, 
those important words are Dallas forever, Philly for never. Absolutely never. Words are not real. Words are not real. Bye, guys.